This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is Good Morning Liberty. I am Nate Thurston. Our co-host, Charlie, is not here right now. We are live at Freedom Fest in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm sitting down with Josh Eckel. Yep, yep. Is that right? Did yep. I get that? Okay. Making sure, you know, you never knew. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing just fine. Um, so the, I want to go ahead and get this out of the way, you know, so we don't spend too much time talking about it. But yep. as people who are listening might know, we've talked about you a little bit, discussed some of your tweets before on the show. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. I believe I was trying to think last night. I think it had to do with that rage against the war machine. There was um, a lot of drama and emotions around that event. Yeah. That was a very interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> so what what I'll say is um, I think it's okay to disagree with people on things. And I, I went through your Twitter last night and found it. I, I agree with most, most of the things that, that you said on there. I think it's okay to disagree about things. I'm going to say right now, I'm not proud of the fact that I called you a childish name and I'm going to apologize to you for that because I felt, you know how I know that I should say something because I felt terrible, terrible about it as soon as I did it. But then the unfortunate state of media and politics took over. It was a really well-performing video. I noticed. And so I didn't want to delete it <laughs> because it did really well. I get well. that. I get that. I completely understand. Especially on Twitter, things can blow up. And then if yeah. you delete it, actually almost draws more attention that, that to That can it, make it can, worse. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what, why are they deleting stuff? So uh, one thing I want to ask you is, why is it we post things on Twitter and the videos almost never do well on Twitter? That one took off almost immediately. It's a great question. Is it just, do people want the hatred and the divisiveness right now? I Okay, so I've thought a lot about this because I do, uh, in the last several, I mean, I've been on Twitter since like 2009, but really the only, my traction on Twitter has been in the, like the last three years. I think that a lot of it is due to a lot of the haters, honestly. Um, I am, as we'll probably talk about a little bit later in the show, I'm involved with a caucus in the Libertarian Party called the Classical Liberal Caucus, and we're kind of the opposition in the LP right now since the Mises Caucus took over last year. And so there is a lot of emotions around kind of the way we message things and what we talk about and kind of how we approach the LP. That actually is just fuel. Like, and when I, the more I think about it, it's really tragic because the way social media operates right now is it incentivizes devices, really incentivizes fighting and it incentivizes that kind of uh, disagreement. That is what you need algorithmically to get your content out there. Because if you, it's really just based on comments. If you have somebody commenting, it's actually better for you than if you have somebody liking. Um, and then that's a change that actually happened with Musk. Now, at least that's how it was the algorithm about three, six months ago. So if I've got somebody angry at me, replying to my tweets like, you suck, you suck, that actually helps boost my content more than somebody liking it, yeah. uh, which is really shows why. Because, I mean, that just bakes in disagreement and fighting into the platform. Do you think that has a lot to do with the divisiveness in our culture right now? I think that the algorithms uh, that, that operate social media absolutely do that. And it's not just... Twitter. It's mm -hmm. almost every social media platform. Facebook operates the same way. 
And that absolutely has had a cultural impact and not in a positive way. You got a tweet going viral right now, I think. I saw it last night about uh, Andrew Tate and some other people yeah. mentioned in there. Yep. And it's that kind of thing where you make uh, what do you, uh, very matter-of-fact statements yep. about about something, and that tends to do better. Uh, I found that then nuance, nuance yes. exactly yep. does not do as well. When you say a thing, like yesterday I tweeted, uh, the inflation is up. 16.64% since Joe Biden took office. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's all Joe Biden's fault. That's right. clearly Trump's fault. We have big bills under that. But if I say this happened since Joe Biden took office, it's done far better than the, all the other tweets that, that yeah. we've had. And you have this one where I can't remember all the people that were mentioned, but it was like uh, it was like the the it was like <laughs> the the, the right wing uh, podcast people. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Andrew Tate and Nick Fuentes and all that. Yeah. What's the deal? What? Why do people keep talking to Nick Fuentes, you think? I mean, I think it's actually the same model. Like, he outrage is what drives him. It's the wind in his sails. And that's, I think, what's, like, put him in the national platform that much. Because uh, he, he doesn't care. Uh, he really has no <laughs> principles whatsoever. So. I've actually, uh, I don't think I've ever listened to him talk about, I saw some of the Kanye clips going around, and that's about the extent that I've ever heard him talk about anything before. But I'm gonna go ahead and make the assumption that i disagree with the things that he says yeah <laughs> most he's, of the time i mean he he just pretty unabashed with some of that stuff uh neo-nazi i mean he's he, he likes to play off as a joke that's what i think a lot of his followers like to say is like half the time he's joking but i mean joking about you know the holocaust not being real or the fact that we should be putting people in camps so that women shouldn't be able to vote doesn't seem like a funny joke to yeah. me yeah is so. he is he joking when he says a lot of the things i you know? i uh i don't know if you could uh, look inside the man's mind but due to the va <laughs> the quantity of uh, the times he said these things due to the people that he's associating with and the way that he's using his platform i'd argue that even if it is a joke it's a joke in bad days <laughs> so i mean maybe moot but but you're right i mean one of the, it's really kind of tragic um because if I almost wonder if, if, if you could change the algorithms, would it have an impact on society? But to your point about the way, I try to leverage it in a way that kind of rides that line. And I think that people in the liberty movement have to do that. I try to be very matter of fact online, but what it does is it creates opportunities for us to have conversations like this where we can actually delve into the nuance because this platform is far better for that than say a tweet. But if I put a tweet out there, it's going to be able to get viral. And then that will create conversations like these where we can actually talk about nuance. And that's what I try to do. I don't always, do, I'm not perfect, but I'll, <laughs> I try. So so uh, I think right now, since we're already on it, we'll talk about some of the divisiveness in the, in the Libertarian Party and CLC and the Mises. And then I think it'd be good for us to end with moving forward the, the ideas that organizations like Students for Liberty and the... Um, the project liberal and, and things like that. So the LP is fractionated right now, divided right now. Um, what do you think happened? What do you think's going wrong? Um, I could ask a rhetorical question. Are you happy with the leader, the type of leadership that we have right now? What are your thoughts on this? So I, I don't want to get into necessarily fights about specific instances. I just want to look more at the macro state. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the macro state of the party right now, um, since the Mises takeover, we have one in four members of the party have left. Uh, we have the lowest revenue in 30 years. We have lost ballot access. It looks like we're going to lose ballot access anywhere between two and eight states in 2024 for the presidential race. And there's a lot of, uh, there's, a, there's some press 
but a lot of it is like there's a lot of negative attention mm -hmm. um, around kind of some of the edgelording, kind of the stuff you see from like Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. The mm -hmm. Libertarian National Party has done a little bit of that, but they've been a little bit more on the fence. Um, and so when I look at the macro state of the party, I see us as a weaker right now than we have been in the last 30 years. And so that I think is really just that's the commentary I'd put forward like that. I, the results haven't really been there. Um, and so I've been pretty critical of that. I mean, the CLC released a state of the party or health of the party report over the summer that really showed like every metric and really tried to get into the weeds. It was like a 30 page report uh, because we didn't want to have it seem like we were trying to misrepresent things or be truthful. I mean, we look, we just put the numbers out there and like think those speak for themselves. Um, why that is, we could probably talk about, but I, I think we're, we're not in a great place right now and it, it can be changed. I think that there are th process, things that can happen right now to move in the right direction. I have some promising things that I've seen from the LNC, but I, yeah, the CLC has, has been pretty critical of that for obvious reasons. Yeah. So is the CLC kind of the, uh, I'll say old guard, but I don't mean it in any type of negative no, way, but is, is that what CLC is? It's funny because some people, like, I think I've seen memes floating around. Somebody was floating around a meme with, like, somebody pulling the mask off and it's CLC, and then they pull the mask off and it's the Prague Caucus. There is no one in the CLC leadership that was involved in the Prague. The only person is me, uh, yeah. in the sense that I used to be, I for about six months, I was the field director for the Prague Caucus, like 2020, uh, back during that convention. Um, but with the exception of me, yeah. <laughs> there is no one else involved in leadership in the board. The chair joined the party in 2019, 2020. And the old guard, honestly, Nate, they've left the party. They're, they're, not, even, they're not even involved. Um, so I would say it's actually a whole new round of new people. One of the things that is, is exciting to me about it is there's a lot of new faces there. There's a lot of people that have been like basically made their name by growing in their state party, making actual real results happen. But a lot of the people are actually former Mises members, the people that have gone, okay, wait, I'm not sure this is the direction I want to head, and they've, they've kind of come into our fold. And we want to make an environment that is inviting to everyone. Like, even, I, I'm, it's not a cult. Like, if you, no matter where you are on the spectrum, the political spectrum, as long as you're for liberty, smaller government, we want to have you involved in the caucus. So, so what, you know, I've had, I have such a tough time on this. I know some people listening are going to be like kind of upset about the way that I'm even handling this conversation <laughs> right now. But uh, I, there's some reason that I haven't joined the party and I haven't joined, I haven't joined anything. And there's also a reason that I was a member of the party until the 2020 election really? cycle went okay. through. And I, and I left the party at that time because I was upset with a lot of the things that the Mises people were upset about. Understood. It was a, like Joe Jorgensen stuff. Is it was really just the light, the light messaging. It, I felt like, I felt like the COVID lockdowns, the, the COVID regime was a perfect opportunity for the Libertarian Party to shine. And for some reason, I felt like it was missed and that I got upset about that. Um, it wasn't just the Joe Jorgensen tweet, Herb Brown the World, yeah, you know, yeah, that people yeah, yeah. are upset about. The one or anything. big one. <laughs> the one, that <laughs> yeah, really yeah. big tweet that everyone was upset about. But it was a culmination of things. And uh, but now I, I haven't joined uh, up still since then. And so I was saying I went through your Twitter and I agree with like almost everything in there. And then sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel like uh, I can say CLC, but I'm not speaking about yeah, sure. everyone in CLC. Uh, we'll kind of give in and get on board with uh, cultural issues that I feel like come from a false basis of yep. reality. I think you know? I think the way that I hear from the Mises people, you may not word it this way, but it's like the cultural Marxism or like that yeah. progressive <laughs> messaging or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't I don't like speaking in really broad strokes. I understand. With stuff, no, it's fine. But you know, yep. if you say something like systemic racism, some people mean 
one thing with that. Some people mean that literally everything is yeah. is racist, and the reason that people are where they're at is because of that. And I don't like just feeling like I'm buying into that and saying, yeah, that's totally valid. You're yep, right yep, yep. about that. You know, come and come and hang out with us. We're going to fix that. I'm more of a guy who's like, actually, <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, you know, you, you might have some there. points, but there's more nuance and there. there. It's right, because not all examples of the left systemic racism are actually true. Uh, whereas, you know, I think we can make an argument about the drug war, but that's a whole oh, other yeah. conversation. I, I'm curious, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about, so I think about that a lot because you're right. Um, one of the things that's really tragic about where we're at politically as a culture right now is all language, and I don't know if you see this online, but it feels like all language has to be either left-coded or right-coded. It's like, are you blue-pilled or red-pilled? Um, and that bleeds into everything politically. It's like this red-blue paradigm that bleeds into the, it bleeds into the libertarian movement. And one of the things that I think it can be tragic because people that are like red-pilled, they want to bring people from the, re- the right, and then the, the, the people that use that blue-pilled method. What we try to do, at least what I try to do, is ignore it. Yeah. And what that sometimes turns into, Nate, is a situation where people see a, maybe a blue-coded message and they make an assumption uh, and they get turned off. And then people on the right see a red-coded message or, you know, on the left see a red-coded message and then they get turned off. But I think if you stick with the principles, like the noise, you'll, you'll break through the noise because the people that actually do care about the values will be curious enough to stay there. We are in a minority. I mean, we're not... I think we need to reach 33%, but in order to build that foundation, we need to find those people that share our values broadly. And I don't have a right, I honestly, I don't have an answer to that question. But I do I do think, like, for me, the way that I look at it is I don't actually try to let the blue-pilled, red-pilled thing even affect the way I talk. I just try to, if I see something, I try to, to, to point it out. I want to ask you about something I see that's concerning uh, that a lot of people still disagree with me, even in our uh, live group uh, that we have going see a lot of people that are excited about RFK Jr. right now on the libertarian yeah. side. That bothers me. Um, I, I uh, probably like you, I agree with a lot of the things that he pinpoints yep. as problems. Definitely. And, uh, and then I, uh, listen, correlation is, is not causation. And so I, people need to be way more nuanced about these things. Uh, but of course, there's no time for that. Uh, I, I'm very concerned with libertarians I see jumping on board with that just because he's it's almost like a Trump type scenario. Yeah. You know? Well, and that, I almost feel like, I don't know about you, but like in 2016, I almost felt like the libertarian movement got fractured. I feel like in 2012 and through the 2016 election, there was a lot of cohesion. Um, there was a lot of unity. And then with the rise of, it was this populism. Trump basically said the things that a lot of the people in the libertarian movement wanted to hear, and he peeled them off. And then he was such a divisive figure, he got elected and he, he didn't deliver on any of the promises. But now you have the same kind of thing happening with RFK where you have somebody who has a really bad history. I mean, like he, again, he's called to jail people that are, you know, are, he said at one point he said the death penalty for climate change deniers. He walked it back and said that corporations should be given the death penalty. Long story short, I mean, he's, he's wants to uh, ban guns. I mean, or like ban assault, assault, whatever, weapons. assault weapons. Yeah, whatever, yeah. And so there's all these things in his history that are really damaging and show that he's not in the right place. But because he says those right coded messages, People go, okay, I can buy into this. And so, I, I don't know. I think that's the importance of like looking at truly at like what the values are, looking at the history and the context. I mean, I, don't, I can't think of any messenger right now that's running for president that actually is truly has a history of showing commitment to liberty. Um, and that's concerning right now. Yeah, he, so he pinpoints a lot of good problems, but he comes across to me more as a guy who is, he's sincerely upset about the fact that his dad and his uncle were murdered and the people that he thinks uh, are responsible for that. And he seems like someone who's on a mission to uh, Cause. reform the, uh, 
the IA and the FDA yeah. and the Which USDA is actually and, a noble goal. And, and all that. It if is. not destroy it. Well, that's yeah. the problem. I don't know that this goal is to destroy them or to even reduce all of their powers. One of the answers I heard him give was that we need better people running the agencies. And to me, that's not a solution to the problem. He's not going to be the president forever if he were to be elected. So that's not a solution. Even with Trump, same thing. You know, we still have the, the DOJ and the FBI. Clearly, we're talking about it right now. Uh, he didn't take away their powers that they had. In fact, he created some new agencies while he was in there. The, was it SISA and, yeah. and those agencies that did some spying, you know? Uh, he and renewed so we, the Patriot... Well, Trump renewed the Patriot Act and made sure that the FISA courts continued. I remember, if, not to get you off topic, but like uh, Justin Amash, Congressman mm -hmm. Justin Amash, was trying to end the FISA program. And when he tried to do that... By the way, this is a program that Trump complained about over oh, yeah. and over again, spying on his they campaign. They spied on him. The FISA program. He was a victim of it. Justin Amash <laughs> tried to end it. And, and J Donald Trump released a letter saying that they were going to primary him and that he's a traitor yeah. to the Republican Party. So I, there's no commitment to liberty there. You so know? That's the problem with the populist message is, yeah, he's saying he's, he's mad at the same people I'm mad at. But what's he going to do about it? Like put his friends in charge of it, you know, get moral, uh, virtuous angels to run these agencies. Good luck with that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. You, you get in trouble if you talk negatively about RFK right now as a... Uh, reason found out with their latest yep. video but yep. well i mean I, it's I gave them a, re a retweet and uh i gave them a i said that i thought it was very valid criticism of him a lot of people didn't like it you know i understand and i i think it's gonna all that that whole rfk thing is gonna fizzle out because eventually he's he's either he's gonna suspend his campaign and he's gonna probably endorse joe biden i assume <laughs> and then at that point what do i gotta say to all these people that were like libertarian supporting him are you gonna go vote for joe biden now i so, that's what i want to uh, uh, he's going to be here, and of course, we have a long shot idea that we could somehow get him to stop oh, by. And one, cool. of the, one of the questions that I'd like to ask him is if he would endorse Joe Biden uh, yeah, when he yeah. drops out. I'd like That's to hear I'm his answer about. on that. Yeah. Uh, so I've got that, and I want to know what he would actually do with these agencies if he were in control. Would he keep them, or would he would he destroy them? That's some of the questions I want him to answer, and maybe that'll. Uh, if you get that, I would love to watch that episode. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for you because you'll probably be able to actually ask him some real questions at that mm -hmm. point. That'd be that'd be amazing. So let's uh, let's move on to talking about Students for Liberty, your uh, global marketing director, and then you have a new project that you're co-founding also um, that is Project Liberal, right? Mm -hmm. And so. What's going on with those? Okay, so Students for Liberty is the largest international pro-liberty student organization in the world. We have students in over 100 countries. We have alumni uh, and staff on every inhabited continent. Um, the impact of SFL, I like to say, is like a generational impact. We focus on building leaders. So it's less about, you know, what are we going to do today on this issue or this tweet, this law, this chat, whatever we're going to fight about. It's more about empowering young people to go out and make changes in their society in a way that's has a generational impact. Um, and so our alumni, we have thousands of alumni again that go that are on all these major, uh, these all these um, continents and all these countries across the world. Um, and SFL's focus is empowering them and giving them the tools. So I mean, SFL right now is the local coordinator program is the only thing I'd plug if I had to plug something. The local coordinator program is a that if you can apply for that program, we only accept like 30% of the applicants, so it's a pretty exclusive crew. But uh, the local coordinator program, if you get accepted into it, you could be sure you're going to be able to plug into a national international network of young leaders across the world get all these tools that you need to like maximize your impact and your activism and just like change your life and change your career i've heard mass anecdotes from people you can go talk to many of our alumni they say that sfl is the reason they were able to get their dream job it was the thing that gave them the connection to what they you know what they wanted to do and it's not just politics too like sfl is focused on academia business i mean we, 
everything under the sun. It's like, how can we push liberty in a way that has a real human impact? And as you probably know, a lot of the times, like in the United States, politics is like down the chain there. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's the pitch uh, if I had to give it to you. And I'd also tell people to check out the local coordinator program if they're. You have an event coming up in Washington, right? I believe yeah. we just got an email about. We come into that. Yeah, yeah. I hope you guys do. I think you're at our one in Miami. So we do our Liberty Con conference every year. Uh, we did it in Miami in 2022. We, we moved it to the spring this year, and we're going to go back to Washington, D.C. I like that conference. I think it's a good, um, uh, it's like the it's like the, the Freedom Fest for a bunch of young people. It's usually like a bunch of 18, 22s, and it's international. So there's a bunch of people from, you, again, you show up there. I, know, sure I noticed that, yeah. I mean, yeah. there are people from like, I think we had like almost 80 countries represented or something. It's crazy. So um, it's one of those things where I'd say, if you're a young person, you're interested in learning about liberty, I, it made me fall in love with the organization because I went to their, uh, their International Students for Liberty conferences in 2013, 2014. And it, it's just an amazing experience to see all these people from around the world come together that care about these ideas. I noticed your socks there. What's that? What is this that? This is my this? son's face. Okay. okay. That's, what I thought it might, <laughs> yeah. that's what I thought it might be. I this just, I was like... Yeah, this is Atlas. Um, I have another pair from my younger son who's just born. But yeah, it is not just a random baby. <laughs> this is my son, Atlas, so shout but out to him. That was the assumption I made. Yeah. That's why I wanted to <laughs> give you a chance yeah. to give a shout out there. All right, Josh, thank you so much yeah. for the time. Hey, isn't it more fun, even though we disagree on some things, to talk about Absolutely. them Absolutely. I'm glad we were able to do it. You know? Thank you for the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you call me out a couple, maybe it'll do some viral posts. We can get in some fights. <laughs> there we go. I, there we I go. Really appreciate you know, that. people do that, actually. They plan it. They get these feuds going, which is another sad thing. Thing, that's absolutely but, uh, the case. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. The exactly. whole time. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Thanks All right. a lot, Josh. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs>